Go ahead, Eliza. Nisi. Emmy. Hi, Em. The other day we were sitting there, uh, my wife and I, and uh, Brooke and Casey and Emmy were downstairs, and we heard the door open, and all of a sudden we heard these little pitter-patter of little feet coming up the stairs, and it was Emmy by herself. And she looked, she stopped, she looked, she said, Pappy, Grammy, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And I, we just started laughing. She has definitely got me wrapped around her little finger. She does not understand quite yet how much of a blessed girl she's going to be having me as her granddad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I guess that was just all for me, but there you go. Hallelujah. You ready for the word this morning? Before we do that, I got a, uh, a joke to tell you. Actually, it was from uh, Joyce Meyer. I heard her sharing it. It's called the husband store. The husband store, store that sells new husbands, has opened in town, where a woman may go to choose a husband. Among the instructions at the entrance is a description of how the store operates. You may visit this store only once. There are six floors, and the value of the products increase as the shopper ascends the flights. The shopper may choose any item from a particular floor or may choose to go up to the next floor, but you cannot go back down except to exit the building. So a woman goes to the husband's store to find a husband. On the first floor, the sign on the door reads, Floor 1. These men have jobs. She's intrigued. But continues to the second floor where the sign reads, These men have jobs and love kids. That's nice, she thinks. But I want more. So she continues upward. upward. The floor, third floor sign reads, These men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good looking. Wow, she thinks. But she's compelled to keep going. She goes to the floor floor, and the sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead good looking, and help with housework. Oh, mercy me, she exclaims. I can hardly stand it. Still, she goes to the fifth floor, and the sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, and are drop-dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. She is so, so tempted to stay. But she can't help it. She goes on to the sixth floor where the sign reads, You are visitor 3,146,012 to come to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that women are impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the husband's store. How come the men are all laughing and the women are going and all looking at me like, that wasn't funny at all, Pastor Dan. I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of funny. How many men agree with me? <laughs> How many women agree with me? Never mind. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to continue this morning with our study on hearing from God. How many believe I just heard from God and told that? <laughs> Never mind. Hallelujah. Now, um, I cannot emphasize this to you enough, but as Christians, this must be something that you believe. And not just for others, not just for those called into the ministry, but for yourself. That you can hear from God and you can hear from God on a daily basis throughout your day. It's got to be something that you believe because otherwise, if you don't believe that, then there's no way you could ever live a life of faith. Faith comes by 
hearing. Hearing from the Word of God, by the Word of God. You've got to be able to hear in order to live by faith. So if you're not hearing from God, then that means you're never going to be able to take advantage and, and be blessed with the blessings of God because you can't operate in faith. There's no way you're going to fulfill your destiny because you're not hearing from God. Hello. All of us should have uh, uh, um, that inner knowing that God is speaking to us. If you truly believe that, if you really believe that, then don't you think you need to put up your spiritual antenna, so to speak? Don't you, need to, don't you think you need to tune your heart in to him? To put your focus on him and on things above? And I'm not just talking on Sunday morning. I'm not just talking on Wednesday evening. I'm talking about every day. When you get out of bed, the first thing that should come out of your mouth is, this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. You should be talking to him. We're called to have communion with Jesus, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. If I was going to have fellowship with you, but I never said anything to you, never communed with you, communicated with you, would you consider that to be good communication? Hello? But we're called to have fellowship with Jesus in the Spirit of God. And friends, when you are fellowshipping with him, not only should you be talking with him, but you should be listening. Listening. Now, can I, again, I'm going to throw this in right now. I'm not talking about thinking you're going to hear an audible voice. God is spirit. We are spirits. Where is God going to communicate with us at? In our spirits. Have you ever been able to communicate with a cow before? You cannot communicate with a cow. Now, you can make a cow go a certain place because you're showing them food or something along those lines. The point I'm trying to get across, we're not of the same kind as cows. We are of the same kind as God. Oh, that right there told us a lot of people. Man, what are you talking about? You call yourself God? I'm a child of God. I'm a, I, I, I won't say it again because if anybody's watching, maybe some of you out there got, still got some religious thinking in your head. I, I, I'm a child of God, and I'm made in his likeness. I'm made to be like him. I'm not calling myself God, but glory to God, I'm called to do a lot of things that, that he did and he does. Glory to God, what I'm on this earth. Okay, am I the one that's getting excited about it? Because, see, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm made in his likeness. In his image. And that means if I'm going to communicate with him who is spirit, then I'm going to communicate with him in my spirit. Isn't that right? But see, this is where it becomes something that a lot of Christians are familiar with. They don't know how to communicate with God in their spirit. It's just the truth. But you're here. And glory to God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, my goal is to help you get to the place where you can fellowship with God every single day. You can commune with the Holy Spirit every day. You can converse back and forth. Oh, glory to God. It's something that will change you big time. The thing is, is we're going to have to, like I said earlier, we're going to have to learn to put our focus on the Lord 
And we're going to have to involve him in our everyday affairs. No matter how big or how small, no matter how important or how inconsequential, you need to involve God in your everyday affairs. In fact, the Bible goes on to say this. And well, go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Very familiar set of scriptures to most of you. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own on lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. The New Living Translation says, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The Living Bible says, In everything you do, put God first. And he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. And then finally, the message translation, I like this. I'm usually a big fan of the message translation, but I like this one. Verse 5 and 6 says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Is that not good? How many understand that if God is directing your path, showing you which way to go, you're going to end up at the right place at the right time? I mean, I, you've heard me say that so many times during this study. It's something that you should be striving for in your life. To be at the right place at the right time. Why is that? Because if you're there, that means no matter what you're facing, you know God is with you and through his power and with his ability and with the blood of Jesus and with the power of the spirit that lives in you, you're going to overcome anything you face. You're going to come out victoriously on the other side. Glory to God. Woo! I mean, how many of you want God crowning your efforts with success? Keeping you on track to fulfill your destiny. To bring him glory and honor in and through your life. I know I do, big time. How about you? Thank you, Lord. But how do we get to that place? How do we have that happen to us? Well, first of all, we must trust in the Lord with all our hearts. And lean not to our own understanding. This right here is probably one of the biggest challenges for many Christians. Because there's going to be some things that happen in your life that don't make any sense up here. You will not understand why it happened. So what do you do? Do you throw everything else away and say this stuff doesn't work or this stuff that, you know, God doesn't care about me or God caused this to happen to me? Or do you just simply say, God, I don't understand this. I trust you. I've shared this with you before. My mom was killed in that car accident. I remember where I was driving with her in the back seat, bawling my eyes out. And I, I just, I was at a crossroads. 
I could push away from God, be upset with God because my mom was killed, or I could press into God and say, Lord, I don't understand why that happened, but I trust you. And here I am today. I chose to trust him. And down through the years, that's happened more than one time. Things didn't make any sense up here, but I trust you. My wife uh, brought to me something, and um, it's just so powerful. Uh, another minister, is she not a minister of the gospel? Yes. She said this. I, and this is when things don't make sense up here. We have to learn to say, I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care what my reasoning ability is dictating to me. I'm, I am just not going there. And I also don't care if it looks as though you didn't come through for me, Lord. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what my emotions are screaming at me. I have made up my mind that from this day forth, I am going to steadfastly trust what you have said to me. And I will be obedient to do what you tell me to do. I will make your word my final authority. And then I will simply rest in you. And when feelings of disappointment try to crowd in, I will make that my warning signal. And I will immediately stop and renew my choice to trust in you. Then, Lord, the rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. I trust you, Lord, with all my heart. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. Glory to God. That's powerful, friends. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Now, can I just quickly say, that doesn't mean we stop using our, our minds. God expects us to do so. He gave them to us. But when something comes up in our heads, whether by what we see or how we feel or some circumstances that have taken place, you're going to have to make a choice. If it doesn't understand up here, do not get angry with him. You have to say, God, I trust you. Everybody say, God, I trust you. I don't know how, how many times you think we've said that over the past, I don't know how many years. I trust you, Lord. I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you. I don't know why these people left, but I trust you. I don't know why our church building is still, the manifestation hasn't happened yet, but it's coming in Jesus' name. But I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Glory to God. It, it, it does something. It puts an anchor to your soul. It enables you to keep going forward instead of getting, you know, getting to a state of becoming depressed and discouraged. I mean, I've shared with you before, there are so many people, pastors, leaving the ministry today. I mean, it's happening left and right, constantly. Why? They're getting depressed. They're being discouraged. Pastor Jim, as I was talking to him, one of the things he mentioned was how so many of these pastors, and these are all Rhema pastors, really good folks, and yet... He said probably the majority of them are dealing with churches where the people have left for whatever reason. And a lot of it has to do with the um, COVID-19, whatever it was. I don't even remember what number it was. doesn't matter. All that took place and people stopped coming to church. And a lot of, them, a lot of those people never went back. 
Because what ended up happening is, is a lot of the churches like we do, we went to live stream. So I'm just going to stay home and watch on live stream. I don't have any issues with people staying home and watching on live stream as long as they have a reason for it. In other words, they're not feeling well. Or, you know, they don't want to spread something or something along those lines. But when a people, when a person makes a decision to stop going to church because they just want to be able to roll out of their beds and watch the service on television, there's something wrong with that. Do you know that the Bible says we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together? I didn't write that. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. And, and, and it goes on to say, what, what, what scripture is that? Anybody know that off the top of their head? I think it's Hebrews chapter 10, but I'm not 100% certain. I just want to, I want you to hear, hallelujah. If anybody else gets it before I get it, you can shout it out. Hear it. No, that's not it. Yeah, there it is. It's Hebrews 10. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I have heard people say this, and, you know, when they've said it to me, I just kind of smile because I know where their hearts are at. My church is out in the woods. I get just as much sitting here watching it on television. So what you're telling me is what God said in his word is not true for you. That you are somehow better than God and what he said in his word right there. Wow. Ghost. <laughs> Never said that before. Well, at least not where that scripture is concerned. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need each other. We need to be there for one another. We need to be praying for one another. Isn't it nice to come to a church where you know if you have an issue, you can pull a person aside and you can know that they're going to get over into faith with you? They're a faith buddy. And they're going to be able to join their faith with yours to help you overcome whatever it is you're facing. I have seen so many people in my life who stepped away and said, I'm not going to come to church for right now. Well, they didn't step away just from church. They stepped away from God. Boy. (laughs) Next week, we're celebrating our 15-year anniversary. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, I believe it's the heart of God that's coming through me right now. I had no more plan to say these things, but I tell you what, it's true. When you have an opportunity to be at church, you need to come to church. And let me say this. If you truly believe that God is the healer, and you're dealing with sickness and or disease, don't stay away from church. Come to church. Expecting for, for hands to be laid on you. To be healed. Hello. Now, I'm not saying if you've got something that's hyper contagious or like that. You've got to use wisdom. But still, let your pastor know. 
so that he can join his faith with you. Hello. But we should be coming to church all the time, joining ourselves together as one family, one big church family, hooking our faith up together. Because see, when a church gets to that place, you're going to see miracles. You're going to see signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. What is the word? Oh, the next part of that verse. I'm not getting very far. You know where I'm at? No, I know where I'm at, but Matthew Mike. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what else does this set of scriptures tell us? There in verse 6, we must acknowledge him in how many ways? In all our ways. Whenever we wake up in the morning, we acknowledge him. Whenever we head out, whenever we head out of the house, we acknowledge him. Whenever we go to work, we acknowledge him. Whenever we attempt to do anything, we acknowledge him. Do you not think that's going to change your life? Acknowledging him throughout your day, no matter what you're doing? Ooh. What does that word mean, acknowledge? It means to admit the existence or the reality or the truth of. It means to admit the existence or the reality or the truth of. Should that be hard for us to do as Christians? Not at all. How many believe in the existence of God? How many believe in Jesus Christ? How many believe in the Holy Spirit, the existence of the Holy Ghost? Friends, the bottom line to all of this is God wants to be involved in our life. God wants to be involved in your life. From the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, he wants us to look to him and be listening for his voice in everything we do and everywhere we go. I am convinced if Christians would learn before they got in a car to just travel to work or go on a trip or whatever the case, look to their hearts and say, God, I'm, I'm trusting you now to lead me and guide me. To put me on the right path. To tell me to go left instead of going right. To avoid an accident that I would have been in otherwise. I, we plead the blood of Jesus. Everywhere we go, before we go, we cover our vehicles in the blood of Jesus. When we go on a plane, we slap the plane and say, this is going safely to the other side. Do you not do that? I do the same thing. This plane is covered with the blood of Jesus. Angels are charged round about it. I'm going safely to the other side. I've got destiny to fulfill. You're hearing me. But what if God spoke to our hearts and said, do not get on that plane. Do not get on that plane. And we overrode it because, see, we're going to slap that plane and we're going to believe God. The blood of Jesus covers it. The angels of God are all around it. And then we get up in the air and the plane crashes. But I thought you pled the blood. I thought you gave the angels charge over you. Spoke the 91st Psalm over it. We did. We also disregarded God speaking to our hearts not to get on that plane. 
Is it important to hear from God? Oh, friends, I tell you what. If you want to be in the right place at the right time, you need to learn to listen to God. You need to be sensitive to him. What he's speaking to you. What he's saying to you. And sometimes what he says to you, it doesn't make sense up here. You know, a lot of times I've heard people say this, and it's the truth. God will lead us to not go to a party or, you know, I'm not talking a big giant. I mean, I'm just talking a fellowship or whatever the case is. And we end up not going. And those people might get a little perturbed at us or whatever the case is. But it was because God told us not to go. Well, did something happen at the party? No. To the best of our knowledge, nothing happened. So did we miss God? Friends, I have no idea whether we miss God or not. But the bottom line is this. If I truly believe I heard from God and I didn't go and nothing happened, then glory to God, I know I'm blessed. Are you hearing me? See, a lot of times when you obey God, you may not see the fruit of it here and now. You might not understand what you missed out on, in other words. But when you get to heaven, God says, see, down that time when when I told you to, I'll give you an example. I was praying in the spirit one day. This was back when we lived in that little house in uh, Missoula. And I was just praying and praying and praying, and I said, Lord, I, I'm asking you for the interpretation. And I didn't, nothing rose up in me. I didn't get anything, so I just went my way and went to an errands. And I came up to a four-way stop. When I came up to the four-way stop, I pulled up there, and all of a sudden I see this car coming. Well, it's a four-way stop, so I was fixing to go, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, do not go. So I stopped, and that car just ran the red light. I mean, uh, the stop sign would have plowed right into me man that happened God spoke to my heart that's what you were praying about God will keep us he will protect us and he will lead us to places where we're at the right place to receive his blessings in our lives why so we can be a bigger blessing outwardly and to be used by him To be used by him to do the miraculous. To lead people to Jesus Christ. To demonstrate his goodness to others. Amen. Glory to God. I want to be led by him every single day. How about you? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways we are to acknowledge him. And he will direct our path. Amen. Now, last week, we left up talking about, boy, <laughs> thank you, Lord. I threw a curveball at me there. Anyway, we left up talking about another helper. Jesus said this. He left us another helper, that he may abide with us forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. We've been given one just like Jesus to comfort us, to counsel us, to strengthen us, to intercede for us, and to help us. Amen. Are you taking advantage of that? Because you've got the Holy Ghost in you. You've got the parakletos in you. Are you hearing me? You've got to believe it. You've got to expect it. Friends, the Spirit of God will do for us exactly what Jesus would do for us if he was physically present. 
That gets me excited every time I say it. Glory to God, including leading us through this life. Now, before we go back to Romans chapter 8, we're able to get there. Go with me to John 16 real quickly. John 16, verse 13. You can just look up here. This is Jesus speaking. Notice what he says the Holy Spirit would do for us. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, notice he will guide you into all truth. Somebody say the Holy Spirit guides me into all truth. Friends, do you understand that's what we all need to discover and find out in this life? What is truth? What is truth? There are so many voices out there. And so much of what they say is full of deception and lies. So many people accept it as being truth. And I'm talking a lot of Christians do that. A lot of Christians do that. Can I just be blunt? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be blunt right now. There are a lot of Christians who still quote Democrats for Democrats. Now, if I'm speaking to you, please listen to my heart. Any party who has a platform that accepts abortion and the killing of innocent lives, little babies. I just went to Trent Nail's house. I mentioned that to you on Thursday evening. I got to see that little baby boy. Little fella. That party says that they, that baby could have been killed right up to the time of birth. And even if they tried to abort that baby and the ba that baby had been born, they'll let the baby just lie there and die on the table. Do not tell me that's okay. They are trying to twist it and say, well, you can find in the, in the Bible that it's okay. God's okay with abortion. No, he's not. He is a God of love. He is a God of life. Now, I'm not saying the Republicans are woo. You got to follow the leading of the Spirit. What does the well, who is the Spirit leading you to vote for? I am right now up on my political box, and that's okay. Because we're coming up to an election real quick. A little over two weeks away, we're going to be voting. And we have an opportunity to put this country back on the right track again. I don't even know what it is. That's in our state. So how many believe that's an important thing to vote for? When a baby is born after an attempted abortion, that they have to help that baby survive. Now, what was it again? LL what? LR131. So, Father, we just lift that, that, um, that law to you, that it will pass, that if a baby has been attempted to be aborted but survives the abortion, that must receive medical care. Because I believe in Jesus' name, that baby is supposed to be living. And so I'm just asking you to move upon the hearts of people, that they'll follow their hearts. Christians should rise up, vote according to their hearts. In the name of Jesus, and we believe that this law is going to pass. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Off on it now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. If we're following the leading of the spirit, he'll guide us into truth. He'll guide you into truth. Now, I want you to catch this. I want you to get this. Because this is one of the big reasons the Holy Spirit is in us. To guide us into truth. To help us recognize what truth is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just more um, out there, you know, because television is more out there and everybody's got a cell phone and everything else. But it just seems like so many, and, and, and again, I'm not trying to slam the younger generation, but it just seems like so many of the younger generation have come up with all kinds of ideas and thought patterns and ways of believing that are so contrary to the Bible. I mean, you can go and look at the statistics. I can't give you the exact amount, but so many of the younger generation believe that there's more than one way to heaven. So many of the younger generation don't believe that Mary was a virgin. So many of the younger generation don't even believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. If what you believe doesn't line up with what's in the Bible, then what you believe is a lie. It's deception. I thank God for my younger generation, you people in here that are younger generation. Take God at his word. Believe what he said in his word. It is truth. And the spirit of truth will lead you into truth. Now, I know we were having a discussion one evening, uh, one day, uh, might have been last Sunday or a couple Sundays ago, we were just talking about how do we talk to people who have these questions or, you know, they're a homosexual. They believe that homosexuality is okay and everything. We don't want to push them away. And how many know that's true? You don't want to lose your ability to minister to folks. But you have to trust God to fill your mouth, to let them know, I love you, but I do not accept what you're about. Because what you're about has got you on a road of destruction. It will destroy your life, and you're going to go to a place that is reserved for people who reject Christ. It comes down to this. If you really love them, and you want to see their lives changed, you're going to have to trust God to fill your mouth, to say to them what needs to be said to them so that they will receive it. You need to be praying that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they'll be able to see and, and, and receive the glory of the gospel message into their hearts. Amen. So many Christians have allowed blinders on their eyes now. They're blinded to the truth. They're blinded to the glory of God. Lift those folks. Lift those people. Lift those children, those sons, those daughters to the Lord. And you, by faith, say, God, I by faith remove those blinders off of their eyes in the name of Jesus so that the light of the gospel goes into their hearts and that I, I just claim them right now for the kingdom of God. Amen. All right, that was all for free. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Where am I at? Uh, finally, just because I guess. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. God's given us His Spirit. The Holy Spirit. To be in us, to live in us, to be with us, to walk with us, to talk with us, to commune with us. Um, I remember years ago, Benny Hinn had a book out. Um, I don't know if it was just called Holy Spirit or Good Morning Holy Spirit. And um, just how much his relationship with the Spirit of God had done so much in his ministry, through his ministry. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, and sometimes I, I, you know, the Bible tells us to ask God to forgive us. And he's faithful and just and will do so. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I also many times will say to Jesus, forgive me. But the Bible never tells us to ask the Holy Spirit to forgive us. But I still feel like I need to. Do you, do you understand how I'm saying that? I don't, whenever I, I, I sense that I've grieved the Spirit because of what I said or what I did, I don't want him grieved. He's literally grieving. Have you ever been in a time when you're grieving? Maybe you lost a loved one. You're grieving. There's times when we grieve the Spirit of God. I don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost. I, I, I want to have a heart that is pure before God. I, I, I want to be holy as He is holy. He is the Holy Spirit. I want to be someone who is led by Him through this life. We're going to get more into this. I believe this is the direction the Lord is having us go because we're going to be talking about being led by the Spirit. Because if you're hearing from Him, He's going to be leading you. I mean, no, that's true. We got the greater one in us. He's in you and he's in me. I want to have a voice. Uh, uh, excuse me. I want to become ever sensitive to his voice. I've said this to you before, and I might may, trust in the Lord. Maybe I'll get to it from the, show you from the scriptures. We don't want to be like horses that need a, a, a uh, what is it, in the, a bit and, and, and the reins in order to be moved. You know, you know the, the donkey needs that in its mouth to make it go a certain direction. We need to learn to be rein trained. Just the slightest touch from a rein on the side of that horse, it knows to go to the right, to go to the left. I want to be like that with the Spirit of God. The slightest nudge. No hesitancy whatsoever. I just go with it. I just flow with it. I'm convinced. Once I learn this process, I will always be a delightful experience. I will continue to become the man of God I've always been destined to be. He's going to position me. And it's not just for me. It's for all of you in this room. As believers, you have the spirit of truth living in you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Do not allow those other voices out there to distract you. Do not follow after voices just because it sounds right, sounds good. I have, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to tell you who I'm talking about. I have listened to some ministers today that are very popular. They've said things that just did not. 
I am not trying to come, because I'm not telling you who it is. I won't tell you who it is. I won't tell you guys, so don't ask me again about it. Sometimes they had home, he'd have to wuss it. The thing about it is, if I'm truly being led by the Spirit of God, and I'm determined to allow Him to lead, guide me, listen, reveal to me the truth of the Word, then I cannot find it a strange thing if I'm listening to somebody else, even though they seem to have such a huge following, but what they're saying just doesn't mesh with what the Bible says. Do you understand how I'm saying that? I, I've said this to you on more than one occasion, and I, it's the way I live my life. If what I say to you does not line up with the Bible, if it's not in accordance with the Bible, if it's not written in the Bible, throw it away. Amen. I am being led by the Spirit of truth. And because I'm being led by the Spirit of truth, when I stand before you, it is my heart's cry to speak to you only what is truth. Friends, if you're hearing the truth, and you're receiving the truth, truth will free you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have got to become more spiritually attuned to the Spirit of God. We've got to have, like I said at the beginning, our tuners tuned in specifically to His voice and what He's saying to us. Do not take lightly this because we have a very real enemy out there who seeks to devour whom he can devour who's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Friends, you have got to make a quality decision. I'm only going to follow the voice of the good shepherd. Amen. Glory to God. Are you guys getting something out of this? Hallelujah. I mean, I'm not even getting through. I get through three pages and I'm doing good now. I'll be back next week and the following week and the following week after that. Right up until Jesus comes back, hopefully. I can, I'm going to say something to you because I mentioned this earlier. I refuse to get discouraged. I refuse to become, um, let it weigh me down because of what I see out here in the natural. Now, I'm not saying that pointing a finger at you because of what I see out there. I'm just saying I have a responsibility before God. I say this from my mouth all the time. I refuse to give up. I refuse to throw in the towel. I'm going to keep fighting this fight of faith. Because if I don't give up, I win. Period. And I am trusting him to see a church growing. You growing. Growing up to be the men and women of God you are destined to be. Just as I am. As I said last week, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. That's it. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word that has come forth. We trust you, Lord God, that the word, I trust you, that the word that has come forth has entered the hearts of these people into fertile ground. And Lord, we're looking to you for increase now, that everyone in this place will become more determined than ever before to be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. To know your voice. To know the voice of the good shepherd. And go with you. 
flow with you. Do what you tell them to do. Lord God, if we hear and do, we shall be blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. I thank you now for the great work you're doing in us, Father. I believe you're shaping us and molding us into the image of your son, Jesus, from one degree of glory to the next. And I believe as your children, as Christians, as followers of Christ, our best days are before us. I expect it. I thank you for it. And I give you all the praise for it now. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, please say amen. So be it, glory to God. Well, you guys are greatly loved. Go safely now. Come back, especially in this weather. Come back Wednesday night for the Bible study. We're going to continue talking about uh, God's will to heal. Uh, and then uh, Thursday will be the ladies. And then next week, we are celebrating our 15-year anniversary. So please come. Please invite everybody you know. We're going to be having all kinds of good food. Yeah, the church is going to provide um, some uh, barbecue from uh, Bar 3. We're going to have brisket, pulled pork, two sides from there. And then I've got my man over here. He's going to be doing a couple other sides for us. Uh, and so anyway, uh, just come next week. We're going to have a good, fun time. 15 years. Woo, woo. Huh? That's how old you are. You're 15. If you guys want to bring desserts, is that okay? You're the. If you guys want to bring some desserts, please do so. Think of something good. Don't come bringing a more nasty donut sort of something from uh, Albertsons. Sorry, Albertsons, we love you. Bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray a special blessing over these people now as they're going to go. Keep them safe as they drive home today. We just believe they'll keep everybody safe tomorrow as they go to work or wherever they may be doing, whatever they may be doing. Bring everybody back safely Wednesday evening, Thursday morning for the ladies, and next Sunday as we celebrate 15 years. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You are dismissed. God bless you.